Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hey there, Winnipeg Jets fans. Welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast. My name is AJ, one of your hosts, and this is episode 74, dedicated to Winnipeg boy Madison Bowie, currently playing for the Detroit Red Wings, wearing number 74. Anyhow, this is going to be a two part episode, uh, number 74, episode 74. Uh, so there'll be a part one and part two. Now, the parts are going to come out in opposite order. The second hour will come out first, and then the first hour will come out second. So uh, just keep that in mind uh, when we um, talk about some stuff when you listen to this because uh, we'll refer back to some stuff that was talked about in the first hour. The reason I'm doing that is because in the first hour, we talked a lot about Scott's story and how he got to where he was, but in the second hour, we got to a lot of things just talking specifically about the Jets and sort of more timely topics. So as people listen to this over the next, you know, couple days or week, I don't want some of it to get dated, especially when we're talking about, you know, Sammy Niku getting into the lineup and everything. So it made a little bit more sense to put this... Uh, second yet at the same time when we we're doing the interview it made sense to kind of talk about the other stuff first so they're they're backwards I'm sure you're smart enough to figure that out but uh, so this is part two um, this is part one which is segment two of uh, episode 74 an interview with Scott Billick covering a whole bunch of stuff so we got two hours of audio with this and uh, it was a lot of fun to do very thankful to Scott for uh, taking the time and uh, I think you'll enjoy it so anyhow here it goes all right and we're back uh, i'm still here with scott billick of the winnipeg sun and uh, for the second part here um okay scott we'll get right into it um i'm going to play devil's advocate and give you a terrible terrible argument i think i do not believe this but i think that some people will um would probably rest their hat on this i just see some of the arguments almost resembling this um so i'm going to give it to you and i want you to tell me why what parts of it are maybe true and which ones aren't so i want you to i'm going to make the case that the second half of last season uh record wise um i don't even have to make the case it pretty much was um the same as the first half of this season uh with worse players last year we had bufflin you know people talk about the the absence of uh tanev and Sherrod and myers who i don't value as highly as a lot of other people but whatever so they were there and things had worked well and now um we pretty much end up with the same record in 2019 playing whatever it was 42 games in the second half uh you know january on uh last season and then another 41 games or whatever it is uh, this year. So I want you to kind of tell me why uh, some of that argument is good and some is terrible. Actually, I have it here. Um, before the last game of of 2019, uh, the New Year's Eve game, uh, they, they had played 82 games. Uh, last season, January to April, they were 22, 18, and 3. And then um, this season from October to December, 21, 15, and 3. So one yeah. one more win, whatever. It's, it's pretty much negligible. So now we have worse players, you know, theoretically, uh, certainly on the D end. I think most people would recognize that without uh, Truba and, and uh, Buff there and even, even Myers. Um, so with worse players, we have pretty much the same record. So that my argument that I don't believe is the team's actually better this year than they were last year. Um, so what parts of that are maybe true? Uh, and can be proved, and which parts of that are kind of pure uh, fan nonsensical garbage that's just trying to uh, always side with the team in some uh, goofy way and never see things for what they really are. Right. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here. I wanna... So I would say that so the argument of last year's team, uh, okay, so I, I, I believe last year's team was better than they probably showed in that time. Um, I, I think they didn't get the goaltending that they got. If you would have paired probably, well, even then, stats weren't very good in that last second half of last season. Um, but, but you're talking the first half of both seasons, is that correct? Uh, no, the, just 2019, the second half of last just, season and okay, the first half of this season. Um, but yeah. now you're, you're talking with less quality players. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, I'm just kind of curious how those relate because, again, and I know you've seen it, some of the arguments online saying, oh, uh, you know, Maurice, and it's not a comment on him, but just has done such a great job because look how bad this team, right. uh, our players are, yet we're getting, we're still decently good. And it seems like a flawed argument because I think I know where you're going to go with this because you're talking about the stats. I'm going to guess we'll probably touch on goaltending. But, um, well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and I, I think that's honestly been 
I okay. Um, I believe that Paul Maurice has done a good job dealing with all the ups and downs on this team. Um, I know people are going to think, well, what do you mean? That's ridiculous. Uh, Paul Maurice is probably, and I don't again, I don't know how many people are going to agree with this, but it's a pretty bad hand to be dealt on the eve of the season when, not even on the eve of the season, you're not going to have Kyle Connor, you're not going to have uh, Patrick Line in camp. Dustin Buffin decides he doesn't want to play or whatever, you know, that's what we knew at the time, or that's what we were told at the time. Um, you didn't really get to re, you know, reload during the summer because you had to deal with your contract situations that didn't end until the end of um, uh, the end of training camp, essentially, like pretty much the eve of the regular season there. Yep. Um, you know, so uh, I, I can't not give Paul Maurice credit for where the team is, but goaltending has helped immensely. Um, there has been some decisions made with the roster on this team that have kind of perplexed me at times. Um, but but in, to me, it's goaltending goal has been, I mean, for Connor Hellbuck, and you can look up his goal saved above average, and even with some bad um, bad starts as late or, you know, just some, you know, not very good goals allowed in, try not to swear. Um, you know, there's been some pretty shitty goals that, that have been allowed in and, and that sort of thing. And, and uh, but even with that, you look at the, how well um, Hellbuck has played, you know, as compared to the average goaltender in the NHL, how well he's compared, played to even against some of the upper echelon goalies in the NHL. And, and you can kind of see, and, but, but Paul Maurice has admitted that. Um, I think that's one thing maybe people don't really understand is not understand, but just haven't really paid a lot of attention to. Like Paulton Reese isn't, you know, he's not pulling any punches when it comes to like it's been all of his coaching and all that. I mean, he's he has praised Connor Hellebuck more times than not. He's he's essentially said they wouldn't be there without the goaltending. Um, you know, so uh, you know the, the team doesn't have the talent they had last year, and I think last year's team was you know a, a bigger a bigger failure in that regard because they had the talent and they just weren't playing well. And I don't know what it was. I mean, people will say there's been so many stupid rumors that have been uh, out there about, you know, sleeping with whatever and this and that and Buffalo not getting along with this. And I don't know. I've, I've heard all sorts of things that I, uh, I can't cooperate. And even if I could, I, I don't know. Cause I, you know, I just don't know if I could ever actually get two people to actually tell me, <laughs> three people to tell me like this actually happened right because like i i don't know i mean i don't think a lot of these things that people kind of but this is what happens when your team kind of falls apart in the second half of the year and nobody seems to know why and they can't get together um and they have so much talent on the team and uh, you know there was some injuries with morrissey at the at the end of the season and that kind of screwed up things and the kevin hayes thing didn't work out very well and whatever but like i, I just uh, there was so much talent on that team last year and it didn't really, not a lot of it changed from the team that went to the Western conference final and they just couldn't figure it out. And, you know, this team this year, for whatever reason, their numbers are, some of them are putrid um, in terms of whatever it is. You want to look at the penalty kill, you want to look whatever. And, and, but they still have like a, you know, a winning record. They're still in the playoff fight. Like, uh, you know, it's. I don't think it's a better team. It's not a better team on paper. Uh, but I, 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 I don't know what. I mean, you, you can't measure some things, and people don't like to talk about like, you know, what it's like in the room or camaraderie or whatever. But like, I truly think just being around some of these players, there, there's from the day that they walked into that dressing room for training camp, they knew, and then there was going to be adversity. Um, they knew that there was going to be less talent. Um, <clears throat> and there was a buy-in from especially some of the guys in the leadership team to to not try and not let that affect them, to, to whatever it was, to play a little harder on a shift, or whatever he had to do to kind of make up for it. Um, and, and they've dealt with that all season. They have the second most nine games lost in the NHL right now. Um, there, there's a lot of things they're dealing with. They've dealt with... Um, so, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, you you kind of, you see a team kind of lose half of its defense. 
you see a team and, and to do what they've done, I, I think it's it, it, it's admirable from just like a, a player standpoint from from being able to kind of just deal with it. Now I, I don't know at this point if it's starting to kind of run out. Uh, you know, you you've played played probably well while well, you did play well above your means kind of in the first half of the season and then you kind of start to see a little bit lately well even now i mean what is it i want to say three wins in the last 11 games i mean that's that's not just a, a bump anymore that's a bit of a trend you know that's a that's a significant chunk of the season where things haven't been working as well as they wanted to and even in some of the wins outside of the six nothing win that they have i mean the colorado win i mean that game could have gone either way um, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, weird, weird things that happened in that game. So, uh, yeah, I, it, I don't know if I'm really answering the question. It, it's a tough one because I, I, I don't, I don't think this team is better than last year's team, but I think it is. And it's weird because like, I, I don't think it is. It's better because of what they've done with what they have in, in terms of last year's team, what they had and what they didn't do, I suppose, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've answered well enough. I just, uh, I think there is, there is room for, I don't know if there's, you know, I don't think we're talking Jack Adams here for Paul Maurice at this point, but um, I, I think he's done a lot with what he's had, but he's also had to depend quite a bit on Connor Hellebuck playing as well as he had especially because Laurent Brassois hasn't had the season that he had last year. Um, you know, they're kind of both having kind of opposite seasons to what they had the year before, and Hellbuck wasn't nearly as good last year as he was this year. And mm-hmm. part of that was because the second half of the season was so bad from the guys around him, and the Jets were just falling apart defensively. But I think – and it's not great this year, um, you know, in terms of defense and all that stuff. But, you know, they just they found ways to win early on. And I, I just don't know if that can continue. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. I hope so. It's a, it's a tough question to answer. It's a good question. No, it's a, I, I'd like your answer. I think it's not that uh, cut and dry, but I think sometimes when I no. see the conversation, it feels like it is. And, and you mentioned Maurice and uh, not in the Jack Adams, you know, kind of conversation for this. And again, I'm not trying to make a comment on him. I just like the the idea of having a fair conversation about it and i wish that all fan conversations were a bit more fair because yeah it's it's one thing to say they've you know overachieved and you know they can get some credit for it but in a luck based league like that's close to 50-50 the luck and skill um what yeah. you know decides a game and everything and then how big of a play goaltending is um you know seeing people tweeting out that Maurice deserves an extension after you know having a nice eight game stretch there in October or talking about Jack Adams because of the under you know, I just feel like people don't even know what yeah. the other 30 teams do right they don't like every That's one of our true. players is it is deserving of the heart every our best defenseman is is a Norris candidate you know our our coach yeah. is a Jack Adams candidate and it's like and I I'm the first to admit that I don't know what happens with other teams but when I start looking at the stats uh, uh it's usually yeah. there's no jet in the top 10 of any of them most of the time and so it feels like no we're you know are a good team but I actually kind of want to take back to something you said and I know I'm interviewing you here but um I actually feel that the Jets are, have underperformed um, in a way, because uh, kind of coming back to, and this will be a bit of a comment on Maurice, I suppose, but just the usage of the players in general. I mean, um, the fact that it took a Brian Little injury before Blake Wheeler and Shifley have been split up. And you know, as yeah. well as anyone, that some of us have been pining for that forever, saying yeah. that would be a good thing. And and the absence of Brian Little, uh, and I'm not a Brian Little hater in any any way, but the, the emergence the emergence of cop kind of makes the Brian little thing negligible, the, his injury. And I don't want to belittle the guy or anything, yeah. be, belittle, but I mean, the D help was way more important than the, the, the forward help. And Hellebuck is a very capable goalie and Brossois has proven that he ha- can be uh, there. And the fact that, and I know we're going to get to it. Um, Niku hadn't been called up. I mean, people cite his injuries, but he's played 17 games. Um, yeah. I don't understand why it takes this long. And actually last episode, Chris and I talked about the usage of the farm team and why Niku's not just basically called up to practice with the team and sit in the press box every single time he's not you know, doing something with the moose and he should just be able to walk into the moose dressing room, you know, and not have to, you know, do any practice or anything with them and just get to play. And now it's like the argument is, oh, well, now he has to get caught up to speed. It's like, well, what the hell? I I thought that's the point of having them in the same building. So I think the mismanagement of this 
defense and and the usage of the lines um is actually underwhelming i think and and that's i think probably the true measure of a coach i mean i've coached you know kids soccer and everything but at a at a decently high level and i think you're the best thing um to test how good of a coach you are is have a team that's not that good and do well with them versus have the team with all the stars that you know it's obvious that you're gonna you know, get the successes, you know, 80% of the time. So um, I would say this team is actually underperformed because uh, you take out the goaltending, which is obviously part of it, but is most in flux because it's one guy. Um, You, the, the team besides Hellebuck has basically been awful. And I was going to ask you about that. Like how much difference do you think in the actual team play and the actual special teams and the the guys on the ice that aren't, uh, you know, wearing pads, um, goalie pads it is. Um, Are they even that much different? Like, I mean, the results are a little bit different now, but I don't even think they're that much different. They basically went from 31st in the league to most categories up to 25th and now back down to 31st. I'm not convinced that they're any better than, than they were before. And it's not like every other team isn't trying to get better as well. So um, after that rant, I'm going to ask you, so do you see any real differences in this team? I mean, you, you travel with them. You don't uh, miss yeah. pretty much any of the games. Um, is this team any different really than the team that started the beginning of the season till now? Halfway through. That's interesting. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like there, there's been times where the team's kind of gotten worse as the season progressed and you know, part of that is injury and stuff like that um i'm not sure nathan bullies turned out to be the player that they want he has also been injured um and and that sort of thing yeah that's a it's a good question I'm, i i don't honestly know i mean it's uh yeah it's a weird one because i think they're better in some areas i think the power play is starting to figure it out a bit I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking here. I mean, I, yeah. I think I think the problem is now that you've started to see some the goaltending not be as as good as it has been, you're starting to see some glaring error, errors that were kind of covered up by it. And so now I, I don't know. I mean, has the, the one thing they have done, and I'll, I'll give them this credit, is and Paul Maurice has talked about this quite a bit. They have limited the rush chances against. Um, uh, still one of the lowest. Connor Hellbuck's one of the lowest in the league. I've seen. Uh, rush chances the last time I looked. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, but I assume it hasn't changed a, a, a ton. Right. Um, so they have kind of done that, but uh, it, you know, it, <clears throat> there just isn't, there just probably isn't that skill level at the time sometimes. And, and, you know, they have two pretty good lines in the top six and, you know, on defense, I, I don't know. It, it's a tough one on defense. I don't, I don't know until, you know, maybe they do put Marcy and Pionk together or they, insert Sammy Nico into the lineup. I mean, yeah, you know, I, 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 what can Dmitry Kulikov do when he comes back? And, and, you know, is that is even somebody you can kind of depend on? I don't know, because in the past you haven't always been able to. And, right. or, uh, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they're any better than they were when they started. I, I, I it, it's a long season and, and, you know, they, they're, they're still managing. I, you know, I thought today's game was, it wasn't close in the third, but you know they played reasonably well. They they didn't play that great on Thursday or Friday or what's today, Saturday. They didn't play that great on Thursday. I mean the game in Colorado was kind of a, you know it, it just seems uh, sometimes you, you wonder sometimes if it's just a kind of a coin flip on some nights and uh, sort of what's going to happen. And there's there's been times where the Jets have shown they're a dominant team. I, I, that I want to say that six nothing game against Minnesota they showed what they can do but i mean yeah. there's there's just not that consistency no. um on a nightly basis to kind of get those performances uh night in and night out at this point yeah i was uh, i was going to take back to just as we're kind of talking about you know all the personnel and everything you mentioned that they uh, they've lost the second most uh man games to yeah. in the nhl but at the same time when i look at the man games missed i go okay well how many of them were uh wheeler shifley connor liney right. uh ross exactly. yeah. Co- even cop i know he's missed some now lowry and then morrissey pionk poolman i get like that's probably their top three uh defensemen yeah. on the team and then niku's not even on the team so we can't even include him and hellebuck hasn't missed yeah. any so when you're talking that like 
basically all your big dogs haven't missed any time and it's all just yeah. the lower end guys. A lot of I mean, cast. yeah, and it's kind of yeah. negligible. And then the question comes down to, which I don't really want to get into right now. It, was, it wasn't really on the thing. Maybe one of the fan questions will be about it. But then you start to say, well, who's this supporting cast that Shovel Day have put together? I guess uh, you, you, you can't, um, not, and this isn't you, but just talking to people uh, in general, you can't say, oh, our, our GM is uh, B+. Plus. Um, our players are B plus, our coaches B plus, but our results is C minus and it's nobody's fault, right? Like right. at some point uh, the yep. players aren't good enough or they're not coached well enough, right? It's one of those two and the supporting yep. cast doesn't look strong enough uh, given the fact that basically all the big dogs have been there, right? And yep. and deployment and all that stuff yeah, obviously comes into it and systems and uh, breaking up players, whatever it is, right? There, there, there's more to it. I'm just kind of making a, a general comment about how to fairly evaluate um, this team and what they've done or haven't done um so far just kind of a side um i do want to get into the niku thing a little bit but uh, before that um i'm wondering i don't even know how i want to ask this question but it feels like uh, and people who've listened to the podcast have heard me rant about this before but um the understated missing of a division banner last year by Anybody on Twitter, in media, you know, certainly with the team, uh, like being interviewed and stuff like that, the coach, it feels like nobody realized how significant that was, you know, and how crappy it was going four, five, and one in the last 10 and being one loser point away yeah. from having a banner that you could legitimately put in the rafters forever. Um, and yet at the same time, nobody talks about that, but somehow losing to the eventual champions is somehow solace that, you know, we could have been the second best team or that could have been us. Not that, you know, because apparently we would have just swept through whatever Vegas and Dallas and, and, you know, whoever it was like, for me, I think that's such a weird narrative. Um, and not from you, but that like that losing to the champs is somehow better or worse. It's meaningless to me and how the banner talk is never talked about at all. Right. And that's significant. So I think, I think people, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of us, anybody will just look for something to, to latch on to it. And in any type of any situation in life where maybe it hasn't turned out the way you want it to, but Hey, you know, that guy, you know, that guy got the job over me, but, you know, he ended up being the CEO. So, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Or, you know, the, you know, these guys beat us in the hockey game and went on to be the eventual champions. Well, all right. I mean, I, I guess they were just the better team or whatever. Like, I, I get, yeah, like, I understand what you're saying. Like, I, I think just we, we as people, and if nothing else, try and find something to justify why something didn't happen or, or, or whatever right like so yeah we don't have the you know the team doesn't have the banner to put up in the into the rafters but you know it was never and they'll say well say, who cares about it, that banner right like some people will just say that a banner is useless i mean everybody laughed at the at the at the the, the national predators for putting up you know some of the banners mm-hmm. they put up you know like so you know it, it, i guess it's just different for every person right people you know want to have a reason why things didn't turn out they want to have some sort of closure i suppose for lack of a better term right and uh, i guess that maybe is for some people closure right i mean you know you lost and the team was bad and didn't play well enough against the blues but the blues were this unstoppable force right and nobody was going to beat them anyways because nobody did in the end and that's just the way it goes so yeah I, i don't know i mean i don't know how else to explain it i mean that's just people look for for different things and that's just how it is, I suppose. Yeah, I guess it's just, it's a topic that I always come back to and people that listen probably are annoyed with me talking about it, but I just want to get somebody else's kind of thoughts or just kind of get it out into the ether one yeah, la- one last I time before why, I kill yeah. it. So, yeah. yeah, and I can totally see why it would be you know important for fans to have that. You know, banners fly forever, right? That's, yeah. the, that's the thing that, you know, you say, right? And that's the reason why Columbus Blue Jackets, you know, sold their future to try and try and win a championship because if you do, if you do what the St. Louis Blues did, then I mean, you buy your team years of, you know, favor from the fans and all this stuff, right? Can you imagine a Stanley Cup win in Winnipeg and what that would do, yeah. you know, for this club and whatever? And you would understand why the team would eventually have to go for a rebuild eventually and whatever and all that stuff. But it'd be a lot easier to do that if you had already had a Stanley Cup under your belt, just, you know, as a fan base, to say you're champions, did you live in a city that's a champion? Like, yeah, I totally understand that. So, but yeah, 
yeah, I, and that's kind of, I guess, my take on it. <laughs> All right, okay, two uh, quick things here. Uh, we won't go too sure. deep into it unless other people have questions, but I'm curious, do you think we see Buffalo this year at all, or, or you could say this year or next year, playing with the Jets? What's your kind of yes or no? Does Buff play for the Jets ever again? Yes, I think so. Um, I like it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's probably been some miscommunication along the way there. I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, I mean, even if Buff comes back, I mean, where is he going to play? And if he wants to, so if he wants to play again, I guess that's the thing that needs to be satisfied first. Is you know that that's the first thing that has to be satisfied is that he wants to play again. Um, you know, and, and that's what he wants to do. And if that means he has to play because he has to get his money or he wants his money or whatever it is, um, then yes, I think, you know, he plays again. I, I don't think anybody is really going to be trading for Dustin Bufflin. And, you know, like, I, I don't know what the market is for a guy who's going to make that kind of money who hasn't played in the year, who's played, was it 16 games over the past year, a you know, calendar year. Um, I think there were six more, 22, including the playoffs, something like that. Um, but I, you know, I think, I think he does. I, I just, and again, I don't know that could change if there are issues in the room and that sort of thing. I don't know those I'm basing this on, you know, he's going through this. I mean, he has to rehab his ankle, of course, but I, I just, it, it's one of those situations where I think, you know, uh, I think Dustin probably still wants to play hockey, and he just, you know, it, it's been it's been a weird year. He got injured a couple times. It's didn't get better over the summer. Uh, obviously, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird situation. But I, I I do I think I think I don't know whatever I've seen from Dustin, he really does like the team. He likes the players. He, he's always been one to take guys under his wing. I, I don't think has just changed because of this i think and, and if he has the desire to play and i think again that has to be the thing that has but if he does then yeah i certainly think that uh, he'll play again uh maybe this year um that that's also the other thing i, I don't know but uh probably next year if if uh, you know things get better and you know if the jets are fighting for a spot i can uh, I can understand him getting the itch around that kind of March window where he'll be back or end of February, March or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be um, depending how his rehab is going. And it sounds like it's kind of on schedule. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I got on that, I guess. All right. So good. Okay, I've been banging that drum. Buff's coming back. So that's uh <laughs> Scott's with me. I got one other person with me now. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. That's I'll I'll hang my hat on going down for that. So, yeah. um, do the Jets make the playoffs this year? We're halfway through the season. So. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think so, but I don't. Think, yeah, I, I don't think it's through a top three spot in the division. Um, I, I just don't know. You look at the rest of the. Nobody seems to want the wild card spot. It's one of those. You know, it's, teams aren't winning. Teams aren't. You know, it's just not a lot of teams kind of putting it together as much as you'd want to, and you know maybe the Blues are, and but that, I mean I think that's you know if the Blues are beating everybody else in division that favors the Jets too. Um, I don't I think Hellebuck's goaltending is going to be and going to end like it was in his Vesna uh, season where he you know puts together a good enough a good enough season that'll help them in. I think getting Andrew Kopp back here is going to help this team exponentially. Uh, well, at least I would say, at least in um, on the penalty kill, um, I think they've sorely missed him on that, and and just so I think that's going to help. And I, and I think if, if I still think the team can make the adjustments they need, I think they're going to find something in in Sammy Niku, and eventually do play him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think they do. I think they squeeze into a wild card spot. Uh, I'm not going to guess on which one, but uh, I, I think they'll make it to the playoffs. Just I don't think any, there's enough. I think the Pacific is not very good. Um, <laughs> no. And so there's a good chance that five teams from the Central come in. There's seven in the division. Blackhawks aren't going to make it, so the Jets have to beat out one other team. And I, th I, I think at the end of the day, they can do that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that uh, the, I think they can stay fifth in the division and get that that eight seed. 
yeah. likely, but um, I guess it depends if somebody like a Vancouver or Calgary kind of you know get their act together and both start playing well. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with yeah. you there that they're they're right on that cusp, but um, it honestly could go either way, and neither way would be that surprising really. If they end up in the top three, that would be surprising. But I think with their talent, they should expect to be in the playoffs even with the decimated d i think that should be it and i i know again a comment on maurice from me uh not your comment but um just some people have said if they make it to the playoffs that he should get the jack adams i say if they don't make it to the playoffs he should get fired because they should still be expected there's that like 16 of 31 more than half the teams make it in there it's not that big of an accomplishment we got one of the best forward core in the league and we got you know a mismanaged d it's not the it's obviously awful i'd say but uh, it's mismanaged it could be done better and we still have a pretty pretty good goalie when uh, hellebuck's on so i think getting into the playoffs is a, a must it's not it's not a a reward if, if for doing it it's so that that's my super hot take on it um okay <laughs> Uh, I just, I, like I, I had to get in there. I just, sorry, Scott. I just had to, I to, had to get in. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, um, yeah. now I don't know how I want to ask this, but I think we kind of talked about it, but if there's anything you want to say about this, I, I think we talked a little bit kind of off air when we weren't recording. Um, not, uh, you've, we've been talking for a couple hours now. Um, yeah. but just sort of like the people elements and contracts and, you know, veterans, what they've earned in the optics, um, which yeah. players play versus just all out skill. And this is obviously moving into a conversation about Niku. I know some people are dumb or are sick and tired of this a conversation, but it's really until the guy plays or gets traded or something gets sorted out. It, it's obviously going to be a rife conversation because it, it makes sense that the guy would be playing, but it doesn't seem like there's really that strong an argument for him not to, except um, when he was injured. So what's your take on the Niku situation where, why is this guy not playing? When can we expect to see him? Um, you know, and I, I know for a fact that you and um, Kenny, I'm going to call him Kenny from now on, even though we're not that close, but uh, Ken yeah. and, and Marat have all uh, either written about or talked about um, before uh, that you're surprised that Nico hasn't even got the, you know, the start from the beginning of the season or, or kind of as soon as he is healthy that he wasn't in. So now we're 41, 42 games in. And now it's just seems like we're we're on the cusp of this thing actually happening. So how do yeah. we get to this point? Why is it why is it taking so long? And and how does this play out? Do you think he actually gets the the opportunity that uh, he seems to deserve as and skill wise uh, should warrant him getting the chance? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I I, I wouldn't be surprised. And I said this yesterday, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him playing today. And I. And I, I, I get the argument from, or not the argument, the reason from Maurice why he hasn't practiced with the team yet. That's kind of standard fare for him. Um, so, and he's done that with more than just with Niku. Um, I would counter with the fact that Niku knows this system more than anybody that that comes in from a, a guy that has been picked up off the waiver wire with him, and he's playing it in the AHL. Um, so, to me, that's not really a, a good enough reason for me why Niku's not in the lineup um i know they're worried about you know these types of the, the these western and these physical games the the quote unquote heavy game and all that kind of crap but um to me that's you know whatever i mean you, you're playing neil Pionk too i mean he's not the biggest guy josh morsey's not a huge guy i mean this isn't a big defense i mean your biggest guy back there is probably i don't know anthony potato maybe lucas pisa um but uh, you know like it sounds like it sounds like I mean Niku hasn't played against big players before. I mean he, he has to. I mean he's not he's he's a slight guy in in terms of his stature. Um, so it is what it is. I mean play the guy because he's he, in my opinion is play the guy. He's skilled. There are some defensive questions about his game, uh, but he is a good player offensively. They don't really have that. I in my opinion, there's not a lot of offense coming from that back end except on the power play. Um, you know, just regular, you know, second assists on goals and whatever. I mean, that just it is what it is. Um, you know, play the guy. I mean, that, that that's my opinion. They, they, they need to play him. He's healthy now. Um, I, I I do. You know, one thing. So he has. The, the, he's had a heck of a season. He'll you first admit it. Injuries. Uh, I think three different ones. One from the car accident, a groin injury, and then the third injury. Uh, that was an upper body, but we were never told what it was that kind of just got him shut down for a while. Um, <clears throat> so he has played some games in the NHL. 
he got injured. I, I think they were happy with the defense that they had at the time up here uh, in the NHL. Uh, so they didn't call him up at that point. Um, then he got injured again, like the, the third injury, and then that was kind of it. Um, uh, you know, I agree. I mean, I, he probably should have been called up right away. But at the same time, um, you know, I guess, you know, it was a different time than they were winning games. It was... You know, there wasn't all the injuries, or uh, I don't think Kulikov was out at the time when when Niku was between his second and third injury and when he was playing. Um, so I, I yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I just I don't understand sometimes why the decisions are made. Um, I think Sammy Niku should be playing, and uh, I think he's going to get his chance here because there's just guys on the team right now that aren't doing what they. You know, losing is going to force somebody's hands, or the bully injury is going to force somebody's hand. Like, I mean, you eventually have to give Sammy a shot. Um, he has done everything that he can do at this point to to get back into game shape, to get back into games, to get you know to work his way back from injury. I I, I don't believe uh, for a second that this kid isn't hungry to to prove himself this year. I think he had a you know, he was going to make the team on the training camp and then, you know, bad luck came his way and that's what it is. And, you know, that happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. We talked about Nick Patan earlier, you know, bad yeah. luck happens in just different ways. Um, but, you know, I think he's, it's coming soon. Uh, the free Niku thing hasn't happened just yet, but I think it, it's, it's high time that it does. And uh, I, I just, I don't think it's pressure from anybody that's going to do it. I just think that it has to happen. I mean, I just, You'll probably see it maybe in Montreal. I, I would I would assume Montreal Jets will practice tomorrow uh, there, and then I assume on on Monday um, you're going to see Sammy Nico in the lineup, and and that's exactly where he should be. And I don't think he'll be going anywhere once he does get in the lineup. I think he is a game changer. I think Pascal Vincent uh, down in the AHL said that. Um, I know Paul Maurice respects what Pascal has to say. Um, I, I don't. I don't see this uh, being something where Sammy's just in the press box. There's there's limitations on this back end, and they need to, to do something about uh, perhaps uh, you know re reducing some of those. Well, I'm going to refer to uh, some tweets of yours, I believe, that were quoting Maurice when he said, uh, <laughs> Sammy's playing so well in the AHL, we see no urgency to... Wow. To do anything with that, uh, it was kind of a weird one. And then from a That's little, a, yeah. a little over a year ago in November, I don't. It's not your quote. It's just from your tweet that we all saw it. Yeah. But the and then when uh, uh, Paul Maurice said um, he's going to play Joe Morrow instead of Sammy Niku it's because about it's about winning, yeah. right? So I'm going to say that we don't see Niku until the home uh, stretch because there'll be some weird fangled up reason about uh, not enough practice time. And uh, so I think he does just sit in the press box. I don't see anything different. It seems like okay. that's been uh, status quo. That's just my prediction. Um, but All I'm right. with you as far as, like, what needs to happen here, especially if this team does want to make a run and turn things around. I think they yeah. – um, I think it, the hand doesn't get pushed close to the fire before Maurice makes a decision. It gets pushed in the fire, uh, usually by the injuries. It gets forced in, and then he kind of makes his move. So uh, I'm less optimistic than you that it'll happen quickly. But uh, I hope you're right. I, I really do because, um, yeah, I think uh, it's certainly high time. So um, And that sort of ties into it now. We're going to move into some of the fan questions, uh, sure. which are all kind of related. Like one um, – Somebody with the handle Mark Shifley uh, says, please give us the most detailed level explanation as to why Sammy Niku is not playing. I think you pretty much did that. I think we kind of covered that. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say, but maybe I'll hit you with a couple of them and then you can uh, see which ones you want to um, tackle. Yeah. Um, Pete Tessier told me to ask you about edibles. I don't know what that's about, Pete, but uh, you can feel free to answer about edibles. Uh, anything else you want to be, say about Sammy Niku? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, about Niku? No, uh, if there's anything else. Yeah, you want to say about Niku? Um, all right, Pete, there you go. There's your answer. So um, yeah, John Malloy, uh, I guess we kind of talked about this. What convinced him that analytics were not without merit? Kind of talked about that earlier, so I think we uh, covered that. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, somebody said, can you ask Scott why he thinks Jets had Pullman and Batetto on the penalty kill in overtime? Couldn't we go with any combo of Lowry, Morrie, Morrissey, Pro, Shifley, or Connor? So what, what do you think the... The thinking is there because the it's not like Maurice has been 
um, adverse to playing, you know, star players or skilled players on a penalty kill. So why do you think uh, he played um, Butetto, who's certainly further down the depth chart than Poolman, and Poolman even compared to some of those other names, why those guys were out there? Um, and, 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 and the question, the, the answer is I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'd have to actually watch back to see who was on the ice before, but it would only have been three guys, so it wouldn't have mattered really. I, I imagine it was just the, the top three that usually start, but either way, um, you know, the way that it's been explained to us sometimes when we do ask these questions is Maurice has seen something throughout the game that, that has him doing that. Well, so Potato does play on the PK, as we know, and 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 uh, Pullman a little less. I mean, I don't even remember how much time Pullman spends on the PK, but um, uh, but you know, I I, I think you know, these are just things that the, the coach sees during the game um, that he goes forth with into certain situations. So if he feels like Tucker Pullman's been playing a good game, uh, if he feels that Anthony Potato's been playing a good game whatever it is, whoever, right? I mean, sometimes he makes these you know, decisions. Well, why is the fourth line playing in the third period of a game where the team's trailing or whatever, right? Like, I, I guess, you know, there's different things that Maurice sees throughout the game that he does that we may not agree with, but that's what a coach does. I mean, I don't really, I'm, like, that's not going to make sense to a lot of people, and, and I understand that. But at the same time, it's I mean, these are the decisions that the co- that a coach makes. I mean, every coach makes them, right? If, if he sees a certain thing that's working against a certain you know group of cat players or whatever, whatever it is, I mean, that's just that's the, what he goes with. I, I I'm not in his head. I don't know exactly why. And sometimes we'll we, we try to ask him, and we get an, an explanation, and that's it is what it is. But I mean, I guess that's kind of my answer on that. I, I think most of the time it's 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 his it's his coaching instinct, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's just the decision he's making. Yeah, I think you know what, and I think that's honestly one of the fairest answers to it because I have these conversations with people all the time, and I say you don't realize, like maybe you know, even to the Patan and the press box kind of thing. Uh, it's like everybody's decisions or our view of the team is shaped by one person's I know there's a coaching staff but you know and a, right. a general manager and everything but sort of one man's ultimate decision of what he wants to kind of do with it so we're seeing basically his opinion the whole time right and yeah. then people go well why didn't you do the thing that makes sense to me it's like well that's not my opinion though and that's like we right. have that with everything right? we have different opinions about politics or religion or or you know uh whether you like uh, cake or not right like it doesn't really yeah. matter so you see his opinion play out and then people go that's not my opinion right and it's like well you're right it's not and but and some people yeah. will defer to to authority and say well his opinion is the best opinion cuz he's been he's an NHL coach and you're not but um yeah i think there's probably yeah. room to to grow but yeah i like that's how else would you answer that, really? Um, but this kind of goes into another question. Somebody else asked about um, Shevel, uh, asking how Shevel Dayoff probably feels about Niku getting benched. But um, he says Maurice keeps pushing his team into slowdown grinding hockey, and Chevy keeps drafting skill. Are they on the same page? Do you get a sense that there's a disconnect between the two? I've heard rumors before that there is, or that Maurice has you know equal power to the general manager, or Shevel Dayoff has none, and it's all uh, Chipman, right? There's uh, I'm, I know you've heard all these kind of things, and I don't really know or even really care what the power dynamic is. But do you think there's just a disconnect, even just in? style and preference and and what they're trying to do i guess it is a bit of a power dynamic struggle but um yeah what's your sense on on that yeah the quick answer is no i don't i don't think so no um uh, you know i think there's a lot of trust between those two guys um uh, you know i think you'd see it in the way they you know interact with each other and the way with they talk about each other and the way like i mean you know, and you everybody's read now the you know the forty five minutes sit down that a few of us had with Shovel Day up on the road, and well, he didn't you know talk about you know a definitive contract. I mean, and and you you never expect a GM to say things about you know anything bad about it, but it's not sometimes it's what you don't say that that that's the most telling. And I don't think Shovel Day didn't say something that wasn't that would be leading to telling about Maurice. I think there's there's a good relationship there. I, I think they're both on kind of board with each other's view of it. And, and yes, there are, you know, there has been a lot of drafting skill and stuff like that. But um, you know, I think both see the the 
the, the need or whatever. I mean, again, you look at St. Louis last year, that's kind of the model that, you know, it, it seems like teams were kind of getting away from that, but I think there are, I guess, room um, for some of those players that may not fit into the mold that everybody wants to see. I mean, the Patrick Maroons or whatever. I mean, there are, there are, there is room in this game for those guys. I'm not going to, I'm not there yet on that where, you know, that's not part of the game. And, but yeah, to answer the question, I, I don't think there's any rift between the two at the moment. No. Right. Okay. Fair. Um, so Yuri, uh, he, I, I think he's got three questions here that are kind of related. You might've had a chance to look at them, but uh, they're all sort of media kind of interactive uh, related. So uh, he says, how large is the gap between what you actually want to ask Maurice uh, in pressers and how much you allow yourself to ask? Like, uh, do you, do you restrict yourself in any way? I've heard Ken Weeb talk about this before where he feels like he has asked questions and then they just kind of come back with nothing. I'm like, I mean, Shevel yeah. Day Off would be classic for this. I don't even know why. I I know you had an interview as long and I, I, I did listen to the ground control podcast with him, but um, it's almost like you can ask Shevel Day Off stuff until the cows come home and it almost, doesn't right. really matter, right? It would be yeah. fine just to kind of guess what he would say, what the meaningful parts are without hearing him at all. And so do you find maybe sometimes you're asking questions and you're like, well, we'll just kind of do, you know, the hockey asking question thing or, um, and I, I don't think you guys each get in a question every single presser. Anyhow, there's usually, you know, a couple people that'll ask questions and depends how long it goes. But um, do you ever find yourself kind of restricting what you're going to ask? And if so, is that just, are you trying to, feel this out still or you know you're worried about uh you know uh, backlash from the team if you say something i know that's been a criticism of, of people before when we we're talking about media and i don't necessarily yeah. feel it that way as specifically as other no. people do but um what's what's that dynamic like i guess yeah i don't think there's any of that i mean i don't fear for my job or my credential or anything like that when asking a question there, you know i think I think sometimes, you know, fans and I'm not I'm not trying to throw fans under the bus or anything like that. I, I just think that there is an understanding, you know, like not an understanding that you have to be fair. Um, you know, I can't walk into your job and tell you what to do. You know, like, let's say there was media allowed into your electrician job or something like that. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, but I'm like. I'd critique why are you wiring it this way or why are you doing that short or, you know, why wouldn't you just do it this way like I mean you know if I came in there and just was kind of rude and stuff you would just tell me to F right off and then that would be kind of it and and I would get removed from your workplace because you would be able to do that and there's different rules here in in, in, in journalism that you can't just can't teams can't do that but um but you know the, and the, like you, if there's, there's a fairness to it there's also kind of an understanding of why maybe a coach does things a certain way um you know not not everything um and i think some of the tougher questions do get asked i know that's one of the big things why are these reporters asking the tough questions and all that stuff well i think some do get asked but um you know it's that some people don't enjoy the answer so they want it asked another way but Mm -hmm. i mean if i asked it another way or we asked or we just harped on it over and over again you're not going to get anywhere right like like, I can't beat a, a question out of a guy. I can't with words. I mean, you can ask it a bazillion ways, but um, you're going to get the same answer. You know, like, I mean, you know, Marat's asked about uh, expected goals. I've asked us about expected goals, and the answer that we get is, well, they have a different model for expected goals that's, you know, different from the one that's publicly. Okay, well, well, they're not going to tell us that one because those are trade secrets. So, you know, essentially, you know, like you're, you're, you're not telling the – uh, what your models are of what you're seeing because that's going to, that, you know, that's a competitive advantage for somebody else to know that or a team that picks it up or whatever. So there's that. And, and so you just, you're not going to, you're not going to, uh, it, it's tough. I mean, it, it is frustrating sometimes when you see people and it's one thing you just, you kind of have to realize that, you know, some people just want something that is not possible to, to get at the end of the day. But I remember at first it'd be, at being a reporter, you're like, oh, yeah, well, why, why aren't I asking you some of these questions? But, like, some of them just aren't appropriate, right? Like, you wouldn't – some of the things that you can see on Twitter and, and that sort of thing, like, those aren't appropriate things to ask anybody sometimes, right? There's, <laughs> you know, there, there's some, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, there are ways, and I, I think that we do balance uh, – do a good job of balancing what is asked and what – you know, we don't ask because whatever, trying to find a different way to ask a question to get a, 
a thoughtful response. And, you know, if you look around the league, I mean, I don't know what, you know, I know what some people think about Paul Maurice, but like, uh, there's, there's, if you, if people watch other coaching scrums, you don't always get some of the stuff. Like, I think Maurice is one of the more thoughtful coaches in terms of giving an answer um, and trying to explain it to people and what he's thinking. Um, I, I think that might go a little, I don't know, uh, under underappreciated here sometimes. And, and partly maybe that's because they don't agree with it. Um, but if you, you know, you talk to, like, let's say John Tortorella, right? Like, he doesn't really give people anything. Um, you know, so like, can you imagine like John Tortorelli here and you're asking questions to the team and he just like, nope, not going to answer that. Don't answer that. Whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like, like those aren't, you know, you're not going to, like, I think Maurice does a good job of trying to give us who ask the questions, the story, whatever we're trying to get, at least a thoughtful answer as to why he does it. And then, then it's up to people to you know, whether they agree with it or not, he doesn't really care because that's what he does. Like, that's his, like, you know, that's his coaching style, philosophies, you know, whatever he's going to do. But, yeah, like, I think, uh, I just think, you know, we try and to get some stuff and sometimes it doesn't always get. Sometimes questions suck. Mine do. I mean, sometimes my questions are horrible and, you know, I don't get what I intended to get. And so you go back and you try and ask a better question next time. But, I mean, I just think there's, there's, you know, there has to be a respect between reporter and, and, and coach, um, and, and you can't just go in there guns blazing and, and hoping to get exactly what you want because, um, you know, that's just not that's just not how it works in, in life, right? And I think that extends to, you know, even this job. I mean, it's, it's no different. I mean, the rules of life and you know, being respectful of one another and treating people like people and all that type of thing are they're still there. So I... I, I I don't know. I, 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 it's a tough question to answer. I don't, I don't know. If, you know. Hopefully, Yuri, you're listening. You enjoy the answer. But I mean, that's that's kind of what I got on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, the format, like compared to, um, what well, like a long form discussion like this or something, um, yeah. it's not going to even compare. So there's a pretty strong argument to say the format of uh, 17 microphones in a person's face for four yeah. minutes is completely inefficient and, and outdated and maybe we should look at something else, but who's going to make this something else happen. Right. Um, right. so I'd say the format is inefficient, but also I'd say, again, I try to be fair, but most people that don't think the media push Maurice hard enough, uh, with questions are also probably 99% more likely to not be Maurice fans. Right, who are looking for him yeah. to kind of get pinned to the wall to get you know held to account and everything, but yeah. I, I would say for myself, even though I do listen to some of the scrums, I listen to answers and everything, it's like I, I just worry not worry, but I think too often people are looking to the media or to um, the team or something to form their own personal logical opinions. Like I don't need I don't need to hear your question to Maurice to know that. Uh, I could see through his answer on that one, or I can agree with him on it. Like, right. I don't, that, that's not, I don't need that, right? And I think most people probably don't. And I'm not saying that the, the perp, uh, it doesn't have a purpose um, to do that and kind of, right? It's, it's sports, sports, it's entertainment. There's, and people want to feel connected. So there, there's, you know, an argument for it to exist. But for the, the argument to say that uh, we deserve it and we can't form logical opinions without it or something ourselves. It's like, well, then you go do the job. Like, I, I don't know, whatever. I mean, I'm doing this podcast, whatever, and I talk to Scott Brown and try and get interviews, and he says no, and he's kind of told me, you know, some about the credential stuff. And, um, no. yeah, so if people want to educate themselves about it and do it, that's fine. But and, and for me, this isn't at all defending the media or anything. I don't really care. I don't give a shit. I just, I just think, yeah, just be fair about it. The media are trying to do their job. They're not going to tell Maurice, damn it, why did you put Potato out there? That doesn't make any right. sense by any logical thing it's like yeah. no you're you're out there to literally try and be objective not quote unquote carry water um so no, and, uh, and, and i think and just, i don't want to interrupt you here, no go for like, it I, I think part of the thing is too is like okay so if you went to work every day and shit all over your employee or your your co-worker or whatever and then you know it just became a daily thing like you're either gonna get canned or you're gonna you're, it's just not gonna be a good environment to work in and like but that doesn't mean we're not asking tough questions, but that means like there's a working relationship. You see this guy every day for, you know, pretty much a whole season 
um, whatever you're on the road with them or whatever, like you, you have to have a working relationship with these people. You can't just go in, tell Auntie Potato he sucks, and then expect him to give you a good answer or like, right. you know, whatever, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just anything like that. Like, you, 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 those things just can't, you can't do that kind of stuff. You, you can ask fair questions. And I think that's the biggest part of it is being fair. I mean, you have to be fair, even if you don't. If I, I don't just, I don't agree that Sammy Niku should be in the line or shouldn't be in the lineup. Like I think he should be in the lineup. So I ask, you know, why, why isn't Sammy Niku in the lineup? He gives me an answer. Maybe there's a rebuttal question or whatever. He gives me another answer. Okay. I mean, if, if I ask 70 questions of the same thing or just, you know, keep going. Homer's is only going to tell me or any player is only going to tell me what they want to tell me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the end of the day, what it is. So it, it, it's not a job where you, you're going to please everybody. And you know, oftentimes you're not going to please a lot of people, but that's just the way it is. I mean, that's, that's how it is. I can't force answers that people want. I mean, you know, that's just not how, coaches are players aren't anybody is really yeah and even if you were allowed to ask 17 sammy niku specific questions for maurice yeah. over a 10 minute period that doesn't mean he's going to put him in the next game just because you still think and you had such great logical yeah. questions or something i think you know uh to be more fair you know uh, in evaluating the media because again i don't really care i'm not defending anybody i don't give a shit but i just say just look at the writing right look at the writing and the things they actually say not the little bits that maurice gives them i mean if somebody if you're going to write about the penalty kill and i'm like oh gosh scott what do you, you even watch the games right i mean yeah. then i'll base my opinion about you being a water carrier or not right on what you actually say not what this guy gives you or doesn't give you because yeah. again the the format is pretty inefficient uh, to begin with and so it's i don't know i don't i don't put much stock in it but i see the complaints about it and i understand the frustrations yeah. but i i kind of just go like what what do you want to be different like what's i don't know so anyhow i'm gonna see if we can squish another question we're at believe it or not 55 minutes here scott and we're almost two All hours right. in so uh yeah. let's see if we can wrap it up in five here um sure. Why, um, no, I'm not going to, no, Yuri, no, I'm not asking another one of your questions. Um, no, no, maybe I will. It's, it's good. He's just kind of talking about media and saying why, um, broadcasters and stuff don't incorporate more of the analytical numbers, like, um, uh, just the Corsi and stuff. I mean, I asked Marat this like two years ago or something with a different podcast about, um, hockey cards, right? And you look games played goals, assists, yeah. points penalties and minutes it's like what why why do i care about dino cicerelli's penalty 615 you know uh lifetime penalty and minutes it's such a weird thing and so it'd be i think for those who have that mind like to see kind of the goals expected for and i know but to be fair uh you sorry i'll let you answer but i know on the nhl app they've included now uh michael mccurdy's i think he's yeah. the one creating the viz for the game flow yeah um, thing yeah. kind of showing you how that runs. So I think it is moving that way, but uh, do you, do you still see yeah. some uh, resistance to it? And if so, uh, why? I don't know if it's just resistance. It's just, you know, it, it, it hasn't permeated through the whole industry in terms of everything yet, right? Like, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of it on the print side and, and digital media side, like websites, whatever. Um, it's a little more different. You know, maybe some of the people that are doing it on the, broadcast don't maybe understand it you don't you know it, the broadcast is a different animal man like uh, i can't it, it's hard to do what those guys do it's hard to talk for two and a half hours it's hard you know it, it there, there's a lot in there and 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 if you don't necessarily understand what you're talking about you're just gonna get ripped for it anyways and and does it make for good tv i don't know and you know so like there's a lot of things there like there is a broadcast here that needs to be done and you don't need broadcasters tripping over things that you can just get online. Like, like I, I just sometimes I wonder, at least for like on the TV and stuff like that. Like, does it does it matter if it's on the TV? Like, I, I haven't wrapped my head around that one yet. I suppose, and you know, like like I can go to Natural Stat Trick during the game and watch the game progress online. And you know, uh, we're so connected online now, and, and on those types of things. Do like, do I need to see the graph on TV when I can just pull it up on my phone? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, uh, it, do we need to have it on every sort of thing, or do people just want to hear the play-by-play -play of the game, and or do people even care? Like, some people mute it. You know, they don't want to hear it. They don't want. They want to watch the game without anybody talking. I mean, there's also different things. I just, and I just don't know exactly how you present it in a way that that, that makes sense. That that 
that you know uh, that works for people. So that, that that's my answer for that. I, 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 I'm not there yet. I mean, that that's my honest answer. I don't know how you do it, and so you know, if people have ideas, I mean, by all means, share them. But I, I don't know them right now. Yeah, and every like you say, every fan sort of absorbs it a little bit differently. But and now there's, yeah. there's a couple other questions that I think they're kind of all related to stuff we talked about over two hours. So uh, maybe yeah. we'll just end it there, Scott. Uh, you know what? This is the longest. Uh, We've ever gone almost two hours. Joe Roglin would be very proud of this. Thank you so much for your time. It was really cool to kind of chat with you. History is made. History is made, yeah. So the next guest has to try and beat this this record. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for giving us uh, so much of your time. It was cool to chat, and I think we covered a lot of ground and people's questions and stuff. So um, we got uh, a minute left. Uh, Is there any final thoughts about the Jets or anything you want to say? I'll give you the last word. Yeah, more or less just, you know, thank people for listening to it. I mean, I, you know, I hope, uh, you know, I'm not trying to plug myself here or anything like that, but I just, you know, I, do, I do appreciate the people that, that listen and follow me along. And, you know, I do appreciate podcasts like this and, and that, or, you know, get, you know, that, you know, some of the reporters on to talk about, you know, the other side of what people don't always see, because, I mean, it's not like we're writing stories on ourselves, right? Like we don't, that's not part of the job. I'm not writing why I, you know, I do this or that, and I try and do a little bit on Twitter to get people to know. But yeah, I mean, I just, you know, uh, that, that's what I say. I mean, you know, I, I, I think we've talked a lot about the Jets and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, I just appreciate the people that listen and people that put together the podcast, such as yourself and other ones that are out there. And, you know, it just it's getting more information out there and more people talking and, and that sort of thing. So I think it's, uh, I think those are good things. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Scott, on that note. We'll end there. So um, we'll talk to you, you online. We'll see you on the Twitter machine. Uh, people can find you at the Winnipeg Sun. And uh, what's your Twitter handle? At Scott Billick? At Scott Billick. Yeah. There you C-O-T-T-B-I-L-L-E-C-K. Yep. All right. Thanks, folks. There it is. I'm Kurt Kielbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.